email up. Um, uh, something. Uh, bam, we're live. Something weird's happening. Uh, I can't get into Instagram on using my using Chrome anymore. I get an error. I even erased all my cookies, which set all my other shit back. I was having trouble with Facebook on there. On on, on Chrome. Yeah. When you switched to Safari, did it get better? Um, I actually haven't tried Safari. So I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Instagram. I wonder if they're going to make me log in again. Guys, good morning. Gabe Subri. Oh, my goodness. I can't get into Instagram from Safari. Too many redirects trying to open. What is going on? It's so trippy what's going on with my Instagram now. Can you get to Instagram? Yeah, it's my personal. Uh, Google recommends using Chrome. Not right now, buddy. Not right now. Let me try one more thing here. Instagram. Oh, and now I can get in on Chrome and I can't get in on Safari. Amazing. I probably have to do the double authentication. Oh, no, I didn't even have to do the double authentication. Shit, I'm set. Said, uh, Gabe Subri, say that again. So they just stole your password. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just happy that I have access to Instagram in case I need it. I'm glad you're here today. Like you're here. You're. you're... (laughs) Oh, all the words hit a little more heavy when you're not in the good old USA. There's Gabe. Just chilling. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, dude? How we doing? Good. Uh, Gabe, do you? Uh, sorry, sorry, Caleb. Do you see a picture? Do you see a link to a picture? Uh, it says when I first met Gabe. It's at the very top of the notes. I think it is. I'm gonna open. I'm gonna open my notes right now. The last time I saw Gabe. No, not the last time. We'll we'll get to that one too. Oh. Not not that one. That though. So so real quick. This is uh, well. Oh, never mind. This is at the ten year uh, reunion. Gabe's gym, uh, CrossFit two hundred nine. The ten year reunion uh, in two thousand nineteen. So you're thirteen years now, right, Gabe? Yes, sir. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's it's gone by fast. That's for sure. Um, if you weren't running a CrossFit gym, what do you think you'd be doing? Man. I don't know. I think about that all the time. The only job that seemed somewhat intriguing to me was, was a firefighting, but I just, the biggest thing for me being a business owner in general is I just don't like being on anyone else's clock. So even that doesn't sound that great to me, you know, but, um, I don't know. I, I I got a little bit of farming I've been doing. That's been enjoyable. You're outside. You kind of, you know, are, getting in tune with, with the seasons and, and all that kind of stuff. That's definitely fun. I could see myself doing that, but you know, I don't know. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, your, are, is your gym in Stockton? It's in Stockton. Yeah. So Stockton, California is what? 90 miles, uh, east of San Francisco. Yeah. More or less for people. So, so it's on the West coast of the United States, but it is complete. It is a completely different scene than the uh, rest of California. There's a highway that runs down California 
I mean, you could say it's even, I was going to say the five, but you could say it's even the 101. There's a swath of land all along the coast of the United States, um, along that edge in California, that as soon as you cross that highway, everything's different. Weather, the people, what people do for a living, and it, it, it's kind of an agricultural, not kind of, it's an agricultural empire. Is Stockton like that too? Do you guys have just, ton, is it just a crazy agricultural area? Tons of ag. Yeah. Tons yeah. of ag. That's a major thing. I mean, all, all of the all of the outskirts of towns are just grapes, walnuts, ch- a lot of cherries, e- everything, really. And, and who lives there? Who are the people who live there? Is, is it a lot, lot of Mexicans in Stockton? I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty diverse. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of everything. Are you born there? Uh, not born, but pretty much raised. And, and where were you born? In Fortuna. Is that Southern California? That's the Northern, like by uh, uh, Eureka, Humboldt, oh. that kind of area. Way wow. Up, way up North. Yeah. So even though Stockton's not a, like, it's not a major metropolis, you're a small town guy who kind of moved to, uh, uh, shit, it's weird to call Stockton a big town. Yeah. But, but you're a small town kid. I mean, I mean, I didn't grow up up there. I was probably, I don't know how old I was, but. I was a baby when we moved here, so I don't remember any of it. Um, but I actually grew up in Lodi, which is just uh, just north of Stockton, which yeah, is home of, home of Justin Medeiros, home of the Medeiroses. Yeah, yeah, crazy. He put yeah. Lo- he put Lodi on the map. That's right. <laughs> Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he didn't train at our gym. He he trained there for about a month or so. When he was in high school, um, and uh, do you remember him? Oh yeah, he he was a monster. He 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 came in. I mean, I was still competing. This is after my games days, so this is I was still at regionals, so I was still training competitively. Um, and he was you know on the up and coming, so he was trying to just mix it up and get in with some people that were that were throwing down. So he would come in, but I remember we did. Uh, we did one set max rep back squat at 315. And uh I remember getting like, I'm getting fucking 20. I'm doing this shit and like belting up and just going for it. And I got 20 and was like folded by it. I mean, I was like pumped that I did it. And uh he came in, I mean, no knee sleeves, no belt, just pretty much raw, unracked it, did like 24, looked comfortable, looked like he had 20 more in him and racked it. I think he was 16 at that time. And I remember being like, holy shit, this dude's this dude's on one for sure. <laughs> and, and and you knew. Yeah. I mean, you could just see, I mean, especially when you've been training people a long time, that's what you do. You can just, you can just tell there's something different, you know? Um, you've been, you've been a trainer for over 20 years. What's that? You've been a trainer for over 20 years. Uh, Yeah, about that. I'm 41 now. I started training when I was in, in, in college a little bit. Um, and then when I got out of college, started doing it full time. Crazy. There was something, there was something different about you, um, than the other games athletes (laughs) and correct me if I'm wrong. You were, you were, uh, I mean, you were definitely cooler than all of them. They, (laughs) They all seem like jocks. You just seem, you, you were, you were more like, um, I don't know how I was going to say more like a, a really buff surfer or <laughs> I was a skateboarder growing up. That was my, that was my whole life surfer and skater, but okay. yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I I I, I would agree. All, all the guys were cool, but it, it seemed like that that was that was what they did. That was it. That was the only thing that they did. Which nothing wrong with that, but for me, it was like I did a lot of other shit, and then started doing CrossFit, and I I just liked doing it, and it was just like everything I do, I'm just I pretty much just go in all all in on it, try to be as good as I can at it, and then I didn't realize I was good until. I qualified for that games that first year. I, I had like no, I had no idea I was going to qualify. It wasn't necessarily the goal. It was just like went and watched the 2009 games and was like, that's badass. I got to get out there. So, you know, back then there was no social media, there was no programming, there was CrossFit.com and that was it. So you had no idea what other people were doing. You had no idea how they were training or how, how fast they were doing workouts or what, what was even a good time. You know, you were just like, it was just you and the people in your gym and we had some pretty, some pretty fit people in our gym. So, um, yeah, so I was just throwing down and then next thing I knew someone texted me that I think it was the 2010 sectionals. I think it was called then the day before the last day or the second day, the after the second day. And they were like, Hey, you're, you're in fourth place right now, man. You're, you're about to qualify. It was top five. It's like holy shit, and the next day went in and and did it, and then from there it was like okay, I guess I I guess I'm not bad at this. <laughs> did you ever give it? Um, it well, it, here here's one of the things about the bodies that that were different too. Most of these guys have just crazy trunks, you know. Like you think of someone yeah. like 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 Noah Olson, right? It's thick. Yeah, and you just kept your body. You just you always looked. You had more. And I was gonna say more of a Ricky Garrard body, but even he's getting really thick in his trunk now too. Sure. You you always kept more of that like uh, beach body. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't any kind of intentional thing. It was just it was just kind of you just let let whatever happens happens. I think now it's so fine tuned that you have to look at your build a little bit because you have to be able to take the beat down and the weight and all that kind of stuff. Back then it was like, I'm eating paleo and we're running like crazy. And, uh, you know, hindsight now I was probably un under eating for sure. So I was definitely lean. I mean, I think I was 185 that first year. Um, and I mean, I'm 205 now and feel, feel, you know, leanish and comfortable and I, I feel way better overall, but I can't run and move and bounce around and just, you know, I just felt like I just had unlimited endurance back then. Um, and, uh, so at that leaner, that leaner body, especially back then, cause the weights weren't that heavy. The, the, I feel like being a little bit leaner was beneficial. How tall are you? Five, nine. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's right in that wheelhouse. It's funny. I always thought of you as taller. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you get you get in the group of a bunch of guys that are five four or five five and you know you're a handful of them at least and all of a sudden five nine you're you're standing out a little bit I guess. <laughs> um, Caleb, I, I put a bunch of links to um game. I put three links to games. It says three times uh, games competitor. Oh, there's four links. Could we look at those? What was what was your max back squat of all time, Gabe? Four ten. Four ten. Okay, and and the other day you did four oh five. So you're still strong. There you are with Matt Chan, Rich Froning, and uh, Kyle Kasperbauer. Yep. 2012. There's some good days. Yeah. Yeah, look at Matt Chan looking thick right there. Thick. Right. I, he was one of the first guys to really get like that, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. he kind of showed up like that, but he he his trunk was crazy. Yeah, he had that kind of not quite Khalifa build, but definitely 
just that that big body for sure. And you and Rich and, and Kyle, I mean, Kyle was a fucking uh, cannonball. Yeah. Uh, but you guys were more, still more broader on the shoulders and then kind of had that, that, that V shape to you still. Sure. Rich never got crazy thick in the core. He still isn't crazy thick in the core. He's pretty much looked the same since the gets from as far as I can see. I mean, I haven't seen him in person in a long time, but you know, you see him on social media, it pretty much looks the same. And and here here's a shot. One of the, my favorite pictures. I took this actually, one of my favorite pictures of all time. Yeah. And there you are over there. Um getting at it. God, yeah. that's crazy. What's that guy's name from Australia who's really tall in the back? What was that's his Chad, name? Chad McKay. Chad, yeah. Chad McKay. You know, yeah. he, I think he was going to win the games that year he got injured. I really do. Yeah, he was he was on a good tear there for a little while, and especially with that being taller, you know, a lot of that stuff works works against you. But, I mean, you look at, like, Fikowski and some of these other guys are definitely getting it done, so – and, and and then the guy that's behind you and Kenny Leverich, is that the guy on the Pendleton run who had um, some sort of heat stroke and mental breakdown and he thought like there were ghosts chasing him and shit? Do you remember that? No. And the ambulance I, had to take him away? I don't remember who that is. God, I wish that, I could remember who that is. Yeah, that's the only guy. And there's Miko uh, Aranpa, uh, fantastic athlete, but one, maybe one of the worst movers ever to, I ever saw in the games. Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I recognize all those guys' faces. That one guy, like you said, behind me, that's the only guy I don't remember his name. And then you got Scott Pancheck, who who still getting it. Yep. And, and Ben yep. Smith. Ben Smith still a beast. Kenny Leverage. I don't know. I don't think he's doing much competitively. I don't really. I haven't seen him in a long time either. But yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of guys from that era are still getting after it, whether they're competing or not. Um, but yeah, that's, what's crazy to me about rich is that he's competed this long and hasn't had any injuries or anything like that. Well, I, I think he did have, I, I could be totally misspeaking here, but I think he had a shoulder surgery and a knee surgery. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. But he keeps that shit on the down low. You yeah. know, I mean, he's not hiding it, but he's yeah. not out there. He's not, he's not promoting it. No. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, he's he's still definitely a freak. Is is there one more photo? It's like a post with like three photos. Oh yeah, yeah. wow. Oh, I remember that workout right there with the deadlifts and, and that thing. That thing was that was one of the first workouts where they're like, uh oh, is this over program? Was it raining that day? Yeah, it was raining. I remember remember wrapping the towels over the pull up bars. That was the two thousand nine um I guess it was regionals, but that was the first. I probably was three or four months into CrossFit. I did my first overhead squat ever at the top of that hill. No shit. Yeah. And and those were those weights. Those I l loved those weights. I don't know who made those, but they bounced amazingly. Oh, Do you remember great. those? Yeah. Yeah, super bouncy. I'd never even seen bumper plates at that point. So just that was was crazy you know even before i got into crossfit i was more or less doing bodybuilding but we always deadlifted and back squatted so that type of stuff was at least something i was a little bit comfortable with i'd like to see a deadlift event on dirt like this coming in the future that that was just raw that's what made it fun <laughs> you were just in the mud for like right. thrusters on that hill and 
It's yeah, crazy. That was fun. Did you have kids then? No, hell no. My kids are four and two, so they're all they're pretty young right now. Did you want to have kids, Gabe, or were they an accident? No, I wanted to have kids. Yeah. Did you know yeah. you always wanted to have kids? Oh yeah. Your mom and dad stoked? Oh, for sure. For sure. My sister doesn't have kids. She's older than me. And then I didn't have kids until 40 or 38. Um, so I knew I wanted to have kids, but I just like, there's just a lot of shit that I wanted to do and travel wise and things like that. So I was just trying to stretch it out to the last second, make it and <laughs> try to get, stay, stay, stay kidless as long as possible. But I love them. They're, they're great. It's, it's super fun. And, and, uh, we have two right now. I'm not necessarily planning on having more. It's, I mean, I could have four or five kids. I, I, I love them, but th- there's, I got to have some balance of getting back to, you know, m- just things that I want to do myself personally and traveling and just stuff, stuff along those lines. And it's, uh, you know, with two kids is, it's tough to get, it's tough to get two kids watched for a week, but to get three or four kids watched for a week. Yeah. <laughs> there's just, there's just no way. And there it is. When I think of Stockton, that's kind of the scene I, I think of just fences and there's obviously some crop growing back there. Sure. And, and yeah. So, so, so we live in a, in it's called, a, it's called a Campo, which is uh North of Lodi. So it's, you got Stockton and then Lodi and then the next, it's just basically the country area of, um, of, of, of Lodi, you know, so we, we live on a walnut orchard, and uh yeah it's it's great for the kids because i mean we just i mean if you're looking at yeah my instagram they're just out playing in the mud and just you know, having fun running around the orchard and catching snakes and lizards and it's uh it's it's primal and it's away from a lot of the bullshit and away from the squares and the boxes and the concrete and it's just more natural you know is that walnut orchard yours yeah oh shit yeah wow so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like a rookie farmer. I'm just kind of learning, but I have a partner. One of my good buddies has been farming his whole life. So he kind of handle, handles all the management stuff. Um, and I really don't do that much on it. I do the irrigating and I might get out there and prune a little bit if I want, if I want to, but for the most part, um, it's just like an investment more. Or less. Are you, are you going to stick with walnuts? The price is shit right now on them, but, um, I mean, the, the trees are five years old, so they're just barely getting into their production. You know, their, their, their eighth leaf is when they're in full production and you're planning for a 25 year, uh, yield, you know, so hopefully the prices will turn around. I mean, it's, it's like all time, like my buddy's 52 years old and he's been farming his whole life and he's like, never, ever seen the prices this, this, this low, you know, it's like, um, you need the buck 50 bucks 70 a pound now it's 60 cents a pound you need the dirt twirlers uh the college kids to get into um a walnut milk right i've never seen walnut milk but you need something like that right you need like the world economic forum to say like hey instead of uh, nuts are the uh future we're gonna fuel cars with it and feed all of humanity on it yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be possible right (laughs) gotta be possible i i wonder i'm trying to think um uh, I have uh, some family who lives in Fresno and whenever they visit, they bring me shitloads of walnuts yeah. and I eat, I'm the only one in my family who eats them. My kids like cracking them open, but uh, I'm the only one who eats them. No one else in my family likes them. They think like they're too bitter, but, uh, 
I, I wonder if there's some innovation there. I wonder what what other shit can be done with walnuts because I mean that's what happened to almonds, right? Almond milk took off, and those guys, and now they're just everything in California is being torn out, and almonds put in for the last you know five or ten years. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean you never know. You think it'd be possible, right? You, you would, wouldn't think you're getting milk from a from an almond in any way, but somehow it's it's happening, right? So, yeah. I think I basically they just soak the almonds in water and that water is the almond milk. I think it's pretty. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sloppy. Yeah. I mean, but I feel like almond milk's kind of sweet. They got to be sweetening it and putting, putting something in it. Right. I mean, they definitely yeah. do something to it. Yeah. Um, my mom was, uh, my mom had purchased some oat milk and it said no sugar added. And then it was really sweet. I'm like, this is crazy. There's no way that, uh, that oat milk could be this sweet. And then she looked it up and the label was mis- misleading. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know the, the chemistry of it, but they had put some enzyme in there that turned something in the oats into sugar. Really? And, and it was basically, it, it made it bad for you. Yeah. It, it, it made it. So, you know, basically it's, it's just. Sure. It, yeah, it's just sugar. It's just drinking soda pop, but they call it oat milk and yeah. all natural. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that just has crazy sweetness to it. That you're like, where the sweetness is coming from? Something, you know. How big's the gym? Uh, fifty three thousand. A little, little over fifty three. I'm I'm looking at Caleb's face. Caleb, did you hear that? Fifty three hundred. Fifty three hundred square Wait. feet. You have a fifty three hundred square feet. Fifty thousand. 53,000, yeah. Oh, shit. It's big. (laughs) That's massive. That's bigger than Um, most people's houses. It is so huge. Um, What's the, when you run the, you can, you can tell, you can do laps inside, right? On a rainy day, you could run the, the, the inside, the perimeter on the inside, right? The 200 meter track, 200 meter track. And then there's like 70 ish yards of turf. And then just, I mean, tons of, tons of open space, um, which is, which, which is awesome. I mean, it's good, especially when the, when the gym's really going off and the, the sports specific programs got a lot of kids in there and the CrossFit classes are big and it's, it, it it's really firing on all cylinders and it's, it's pretty cool. I, when I visited, that big? say that again. How did you find the space that big? Uh, my, it's, it's a cannery. So my father-in-law owns this cannery. Uh, yeah. And, uh, he, there's, there's, I think the whole warehouse is like 360,000 square feet. It's got a couple 80,000 square foot sections and a couple 50,000 give or take sections. And, you know, he, it, there was like, it was mostly empty and now, not now most of it's full. Um, but at the time, most of it was empty and he was like, man, you should, where you think about, you know, renting this space and putting, putting your gym in here, you know, our gym was 4,200 square feet at the time. Um, so, which was, you know, it was good size, but we were outgrowing it. And it was just like, this is just overwhelmingly huge and the cost of the flooring and the equipment and then, and all that. But, um, you know, after a while, it was just like, it was like filled the dreams. It was like, all right, if you build it, they're going to come. Right. So it's just <laughs> sack up borrow a shitload of money, build that shit and, and just go all in and make, you know, put yourself in a situation where, where you have to make it happen. When I visited in 2019 with Greg for your 10 year anniversary, um, it, it was packed. Yeah. It was yeah. fucking crazy. There Fun. one section, even though there was a party going on in there, there was still 
shitloads of people working out in there. I mean, yeah. it was it was just everything was going on in there, yeah. and organized as shit too. Yeah, that's that's uh, like our first gym. We would get so messy. That was a big concern because it was like, man, people leave a band out. It's like where you get to, you'll lose that shit. You know, you're not gonna. It just gets sloppy. So, um, but it's I mean, it's a team effort, and it's kind of just. You know, if you it's all about what you demand of the members, right? If you demand them to clean their shit and put it back and organize it, and that just becomes kind of the culture, then then you feel bad if you're leaving stuff out. And and uh, you know, I mean, the members we have are great, and they they're you know as diverse and different as everyone is as individuals. Like the support and just the way they take care of the gym for the most part is uh is is, is definitely cool. Uh, fifty three thousand square feet um do do other things happen in there besides your classes like will the local pd be like hey gabe will you do a competition for us or hey we need a big venue to do i mean the the high school football team will come visit or what type of just shit happens in there when you have that much space what other what opportunities open up we we, we've had some stuff we've done a uh i don't remember exactly what it was it was like this karate um one of our clients is like a, is like a, um, she was actually in the Olympics for, uh, for karate. I think she's still doing it. She's a freaking badass, but she set this thing up. Um, and it was like, I don't know exactly what it was. It was a tournament or, or whatever, but they brought in all the mats and they had, I mean, they covered a huge section with, with all these mats they brought in and they did like this karate tournament, which was pretty cool. And then, you know, we do my, my, uh, uh, we, we have a, it's called an elevate program, which is basically our sports specific program. So that that's part of the classes that we run, but they'll come in and, uh, and, and, uh, do like seven on seven training and do like these lineman camps and yeah, all, all, and do all that kind of stuff in there. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of inquiries to a few that wanted to rent it out for whatever reason, but. It's not, it's not really what, what I want to do with it. You know, the, the, the thing is like, you get people in there that don't train there and then they don't, they don't really respect it that much, you know? So you're getting gum on the turf and you're getting people tearing shit up and you're getting people, oh, you know I mean? You've seen that? You know you've I, seen gum on the turf? Oh yeah. It's like the worst. I mean, there's, it's not, I mean, we, we, we try our best to do it, but it's, you get gum on that thing and it's, 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 it's in there. It's in there for good. Um, but is that not, part of the on-ramp? Hey, is that part of the on-ramp when someone comes new, you look them in the eyes and you're like, this is your, if you're going to come here, you have to treat this like your home. Would you spit gum on the floor? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, we, we, we don't do a technical on-ramp, but yeah, I mean, with, uh, I mean, yeah, it's not like some, we don't, we don't sit them down, but definitely, especially with the elevate program, which is the youth program, they're on the turf the most you know so th- those guys are on them because it's especially because it's 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 younger kids you know so you're talking four or five year olds up to you know high school college uh age so um you know I, I mean at that age you're a little bit less respectful for things you don't really look at something and be like damn this turf's probably really expensive and if i spit gum on it it's not coming out you know so them they they stay on them pretty hard but I mean, there's there's a little bit of damage to it, but it's it's not bad. It would keep it pretty good. If you if you're leaving the gym, and then you look ba- as you're locking the door, you look back in, and like you realize you left your keys in the office, or that there was like one light still on. It's like a trek. It's like oh shit, 
Oh, you're you're walking. Since I moved in there, my steps are I never really track my steps, but my wife like showed me on my phone how to do it. And uh yeah, the steps are are crazy because just from coaching a class, you know, you gotta walk from one side to the other and you know, it's whatever and you just but you're doing it all day. So you're just walking all over the place. But yeah, if you're you know, especially if we're doing a workout that's on the turf. So, you know, you walk to the turf, which is the back side of the gym, and then you're walking back to the front for the next class to do, you know, whatever the first portion is. And so, but pretty much used to it now. Your kids are raised in there. Your kids know the gym. Yeah, for, pretty much. They they love going in there. They love it. It's just a huge, huge playground for them, really. Yeah. Are you there now? No, this is, this is my house. This is like a little, uh, like a little gym that I have in my house. And I'll show you. This is pretty cool right here. Yeah, it looks more than than a little gym. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. What's up with the skateboard collection? Are those Have those all been ridden? No. I mean, a couple of them, but they're just boards that I liked or that I rode when I was young. And just, I, I started with a couple and then just, and then just started started growing. I probably before we moved out here, I probably had thirty or forty. And then we moved out here and built this built this shop. And then just I just built this wall to just kind of hang all these things. Is that up. a little quarter pipe down there too? Yeah, yeah. There's a ramp there. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Just a little yeah. something. Oh yeah. hey, if your kids get into skateboarding, they're going to demand a uh, half pipe in there. I know I'll I'll get them one in a heartbeat. I bought my quarter <laughs> pipe for myself, but I was like, they kind of start messing around with it a little bit, you know. Like I'll they'll they'll lay on their stomach and I'll put them in there in that little. We'll put those two quarter pipes together and just kind of push them back and forth, and they they love it. How about that basketball game thing there? Where'd you get that? Do do you kids? I was thinking about get one of those for my kids. I don't know where I'm gonna yeah. put it, but do they use that? I guess your kids are a little young. You said four and two. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll just kind of throw the balls on it, but they yeah they're not really they're not really shooting on it just yet. Um, it's called a Papa shot. I'll show it to you. It's pretty cool. It's definitely fun. Um, Gabe, how many coaches do you have at the gym? It's got this. Thing here. Uh, oh, yeah, I need one of those. Yeah, it's definitely fun. How, how how old are your kids? Uh, five, five, and eight. Oh yeah, they they'd be all over it. I just got a basketball hoop in my front yard, and they just love it. It's like yeah. they play with it every single day. I'm actually surprised how much they play with it. Yeah, definitely get them on going on something. It's definitely fun. H- how many coaches do you have at the gym? Uh, myself. Uh, got Vince who does a couple classes, and then um, uh, Vince is my partner. I've been with since the very beginning, and then uh, I got pretty much one main coach mason um and then a couple subs a couple people that coach maybe one or two classes a week and then just kind of sub in here and there but for the most part myself and mason do majority of the crossfit classes vince does a few events vince runs the uh the elevate program are you are you happy that you have a partner is there any party that's like damn i shouldn't have had a partner no no, I mean, so Vince was my partner, like in the initial gym, we were partners. We started it t- together. And then when we started, when, when we opened this gym, it was kind of like, I- I'm going to do it on my own, but I want you to, to come with me and continue to, to just, you know, our fitness journey 
you know, together. So he's not, um, you know, my on paper partner as far as like all the gym stuff goes, but he's my partner. We do our grind together and, and you know, so he's, you know, like I said, we, we started, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to split ways when, when I was going with this big gym, but at the same time, it was like, it's, 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 like if you're doing something on your own, then it's on you to make it six, be successful or or to fail, you know. And, and with the amount of money I was having to borrow for that, I was like, I just want to put it on myself. I don't want to. It might be too stressful. You never know what what could happen. I'd rather just put it all on myself and 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 just figure it out from there. But but I didn't want to abandon him. I wanted him to come with me. I wanted him to to to, to continue. So. So uh, he's but, more like your ride or die. He's more like, and you show him respect by calling him your partner. For sure. I mean, he's, he is my partner. You know, like I said, we, 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 we started it, but yeah, I mean, like on, on the paper, on the business side of it, he's not. If they foreclose on your gym, they come after you, not him. They're coming after me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like said, we, we've been, we've been grinding together for, for so long. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's it's tough to say and we have a unique dynamic i'm sure every partnership does and there's been like hard parts of it for sure and button heads on things for sure but um i mean for the most part it it, it just works it just works you got to be kind of you know laid back in a, in a sense because everyone's got different opinions and different you know, ideas of think of ways to run things and stuff like that. But it's pretty cool because he does mostly the elevate and I do the crosses. So it's like, that's kind of his realm and he loves it. And he does all these seven on seven leagues and he's super into it. And he's, he's going to games and he's talking to parents and he's getting them to bring their kids in. So, and, and, and he loves doing that. And like, I, I personally don't want to go do all that. So it's great that he is doing that, you know, and then I'm more into the CrossFit side and, and, you know, weightlifting side and like all that kind of stuff. So it's a good. Hey, is that basketball machine still on? Could you go yeah. kick it? Yeah. You hear it still? Yeah. Sorry. After I asked you to turn it on, then I'm like, Hey, it's making too much noise. Sounded like there was a party there. 53,000 square feet. wonder how big his garage is. If that's 53,000 square feet. You mean just where he's sitting right now? Yeah. His man cave. That thing looks like it's as big as More a gym. Like a man a house. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Gabe, why did you, why do, can you kind of um, walk me through, um, how you found CrossFit and then what kind, are, are you still on the seminar and you were on seminar staff? Yeah, I was, I was, when I had my son, I, I stopped doing it. Crazy. So you've done it all. You own an affiliate, you've been on seminar staff and you've been to the games. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little, good little CrossFit trio for sure. And, and you made it over the 10 year mark. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, have you, have, have you always, have you ever thought about not affiliating? Have you ever thought, Oh, I could save this money. I could buy a, one new tire tire for one of my trucks. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, I'm sure everyone's thought of it. I've never really seriously considered it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm the number one, whether you de-affiliate or, or whatever, you're doing CrossFit. So give credit where, where credit's due, right? It's CrossFit. Like that's that's why you started. That's what you're doing. You know, if you wanna if you wanna save the affiliate fee and call it whatever you're gonna call it, still it's still CrossFit. So give credit where where, where credit's due. Um, you know, my my like only like 
if there's any downside to being affiliated, it's that a lot of CrossFit gyms are just breaking people down and they're not coaching people and they're, you know, so CrossFit gets this, this, it's going to hurt you, you know, rap, which sometimes you have to, you know, when you meet someone, you're already having to defend yourself that you're not going to hurt them, you know? Um, so that's the only negative thing of it, but I, I think that at the, at the time right now and it's in the last 13 years, it hasn't been anything that's, that's going to be major, you know, like we, we don't have a problem getting people in, but a lot of people, especially older people, you tell them about CrossFit and that's, that's their first, Oh, I got bad knees. I got a bad back. And I'm like, that's exactly why you should be doing this. Cause we've been fixing knees and backs for 13, 13 years, you know, but so, but I, I think a lot of CrossFit gyms don't, coach and and hold people accountable to good form you know relentlessly hold people accountable to good form at all times you know if you do crossfit with shit form you probably will get hurt and so if someone's been going to a crossfit gym that's not holding them accountable for good positions and good form and and letting them you know making sure they're training within the realm of what they're capable of and they're getting hurt then, then maybe they did get hurt doing crossfit to me i would say that's not necessarily what CrossFit is. It's, you know, and that seems like it's become like a, a minor difference where to me, it seems like it's a major difference, a major difference. You know, if you're, if you're laying your back round even slightly when you're lifting, you know, for your average person or, or especially someone who's getting older, you know, if you're outside your twenties, that's going to be a, that's going to be a deal breaker at, 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 at some point, some point you're going to get hurt, you know, if you keep your position good and, and you're holding, you know, you're, you're holding your training within the realm, what you can do and lifting what with what you can do correctly, then it's going to be great. Your knees are going to feel good. Your back's going to feel good. It's going to make you as injury proof as you can be, you know. Are, are, are you injury free? Uh, I don't have any major things. I like my biggest thing is probably my my neck and and. uh I had MRIs and all that, and they said there was no no bulge disc. I'd imagine there's some kind of bulge disc in there, and it's really not it's not an issue. But it'll it'll aggravate me sometimes if I'm not smart with my training. But it was just kind of a it was one of those things you just gotta le- learn how to listen to your body a little bit, you know. Um, how but, do you think? You, how do you think you did it? It's tough to say. I didn't like do anything. Like what really sent it over the edge, I fell asleep. We were coming back from Italy and I fell asleep on a plane with my head back. And when I woke up, it was like, it just felt kind of weird. And then I was noticing that like, you know, if I got in a push-up position, one of my shoulder blades wouldn't engage. It would just kind of sink back. And it was like, okay, this is weird. Or if I hung from a pull-up bar and did a pull-up, like I would go to one side. So it was like, so I did all these tests and went to the neurologist and got to the MRIs and yada, yada, and did the whole thing. And, uh, ultimately the, the, they were like, you have extreme inflammation of the brachial plexus, which is like a, you know, like a, ner- a nerve system in your neck. So, so I, I guess it's pinching that and shutting off the activation to, to, to the sh- that shoulder blade and that kind of scap area. Um, so, but, it's it's weird. It's weird. The only things that will really really aggravate it is running and high rep double unders. Any kind of like bouncing stuff, which seems strange. Interesting. Like, Interesting. I, I can do handstands and and uh, you know anything things that you you know heavy overhead lifting and it, it's fine. But I mean, even the running and double unders are are fine. I I, I can do them. But if I run 
mileage week after week after week. The tension will just kind of build and build and build, and eventually it'll get to the point where it just feels like it's locked up. But I mean, it's been it's been years since it's gotten there. Like I said, as you just you kind of learn what your body can do, and now I feel like I don't have to modify my training really at all. But when I was trying to compete, I would run a lot because that was my best conditioning, and and I, I had to stop the amount of running that that I was doing. That that's for sure. I was um I went to the beach. Uh, a couple months ago with a friend of mine, this uh, Hunter McIntyre and Andrew Hiller. And we were probably only like in three feet of water, four feet of water. And I had been drinking. I don't know what I was thinking. And they're like, Hey, we're going to throw you up in the air as high as we can. I'm like, okay. So they locked their arms and I sat there and they threw me in the air. And then I was so high in the air that I like mid flight, you know, I just turned into a dive to dive in (laughs) and fucking landed on my head. Dude, I'm lucky I didn't die. Just yeah, there's a there was a guy that did that recently, and he's paralyzed from the waist down. Where you're at, where you're deployed? No, back home. Oh, yeah, I'm so lucky. It, my neck's been fucked up for like two months. It's finally just getting better. That's don't great. jump in the shallow end, kids. Right. Don't drink and sw- don't drink and swim. That drink and drive shit's like okay, fine, but don't drink and swim. Yeah, it's that's it's funny. You do all the shit that you've done, and then it's some dumb shit like that 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 ends up messing you up, you know? Yeah. And those two young guys shouldn't have been throwing a 50 year old dude, little dude in the air. Fuck those guys. Like we got this. It's all good. <laughs> all fun game. I w- at least wish someone would have filmed it. So I could have gotten like some social media off of it. Right. <laughs> um, so, sure. so, so, so tell me, um, t- t- tell me how your paths crossed with, um, CrossFit and, and, and then how you decided to open an affiliate. So I was uh, just personal training at like a private studio, um, and uh, I, w- I would always look for just different. I'd always go on like YouTube and just look for different, you know, workouts or just different movements. You know, I came from like a bodybuilding background, so you know that's what I would that's what I would do with my clients. But the more I did that, two thousand eight. Like, what what year is that you're talking? Eight, yeah, yeah, okay. or two thousand eight. So probably the end of two thousand eight. Um, so yeah, we'd go on YouTube and just look for different movements. You know, it was like this lady who's 50 years old is trying to lose weight, probably doesn't need to be doing bi- bicep curls, you know? So it's like, I need to learn some different stuff to do. So I'd go on there and learn, you know, or just find different little whatever, just stupid little movements or plyometric things or just kind of more, just so- something different, just to change it up. And uh, I don't remember, I think it was like a fight gone bad video or something, stumbled across so- something, some CrossFit video and started watching it and was like, wow, look, this is really, look at these, like those like wall balls and kettlebell swings. I never seen any of this shit. And I was like, wow, this is, this is different. This is cool. And then, so at some point learned that CrossFit is, was the thing. So then we started YouTubing just the word CrossFit and looking that up, you know? And then it was like, once you did that, there was a whole bunch of videos. And then that kind of turned us on to CrossFit.com and, uh, which they had tons of videos on there. I mean, and I literally watched every single video that was on there. I was just like obsessed with it. It was just so, so cool. And the more I learned, the more it made sense. You know, every, everything that I had been doing was kind of like, okay, workouts, let's, just, let's make them hard. Let's make them hard. Let's make people sweat. Let's make people work, you know, which was a part of it. But it was like, well, what's the point? There has to be, you know, there has to be 
it has to make sense on, on, on all levels. And CrossFit was the first thing that made sense, right? It's function. It's, it's the balance of function. It's building up all these different, uh, uh, aspects of fitness and, and, and anyone can do it. And it's tailorable to anyone's ability. So I'm like, man, this, this is the only one that makes sense where anyone could ask you, why are you doing that? And you could have a, you could have a, an answer for it, you know? So, so that was 2008. And then, mm-hmm started incorporating it more with with the members and then by 2009 i guess it was like we were just we were doing crossfit we were like we're gonna do crossfit with with everyone now and then we opened our affiliate um in late 2009 was that a hard decision or you just were like you, you by then you were just fully in love with it i was fully in love with it and and honestly it was like i I mean, it was like, this is it. Like, this is going somewhere. This is this is about to be big. It's kind of like what I was in my mindset. I was like, you know, I know it already been around for a while, but it was, you know, there was no across it. I think the closest one was in Sacramento. And uh, it it was just like, man, this is this is going to be something like this is going to be a big thing pretty soon. I bet, you know, like we should we should open it right now. Be the first one around here you know and even if it's doesn't become something big whatever people are loving it people are getting great results from it you know no one else is doing it so uh did you see your body composition change uh yeah i mean not not drastically i mean i was i was doing i I was i started training you know bodybuilding style training when i was probably 13 and i was pretty consistent about it i was super into that uh for a long time you know from 18 to I think I was 28 when I got into CrossFit. I mean, I was hardcore into it. I ate very healthy and I trained super hard. And I learned it and I and I was I was good at it. So I was already fit. I was already muscular and I was playing. Um, I, was, I played a lot of soccer, so I was running a lot. So I kind of had a little bit of a balance already already going there. So um, yeah, my physique didn't change drastically by 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 any means. It was more just like the fitness, the capabilities. You know, learn learn how to do. I mean, kicking up and do a handstand, right? Trying to teach myself how to snatch and, and Olympic lift and really do it all. I mean, I never got coached. The first CrossFit gym I ever went to was my level one. And then the next one that I ever went to was the one that we opened. So never really got the the being coached and going to a CrossFit gym and like that and that side of it. I pretty much just watched YouTube videos and tried to try to figure it all out. So this So it was, you never belonged to an affiliate. Never. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Gabe is talking about an era when all the CrossFitters, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gabe, at, at 4.50 every day, we were prepping. Right. Because in 10 minutes, there was going to be a new post. Yep. And there wouldn't always be a video, but you would hope there was a video. And you were just dying to see what the workout of the day was. I'm guessing you were part of that. That's that okay. era. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would just, I, I, I watched every video and article and every, anything that was on CrossFit.com. I mean, if they posted a new video and there was a video link and I want to say there was hundreds of videos in there, but I, I would be like, oh, this is, this was a new one here. It's, it's whatever it is. You know, it's a video of this person doing a, you know, it was OPT doing a sub six minute Helen or, or whatever, you know, it's all these videos of pat barber and boz and all, all this shit you know so um yeah there was definitely different and like i said there was no i mean i think there was like 
I don't know if it was MySpace or Facebook, but there was like some level of social media, but not not like there is now. So you know other people were were doing really. Dot com was the place. Yeah. No, definitely. And it was such basic website. It was it was awesome. I I, I like the old website. I mean the new one I realized they gotta go to it, but when I they, don't think they have to. I like the old website too. I think we should have we should have stuck with it. I bet you Greg would agree with you. Yeah, no, for sure. Just super basic and simple, but it's like that was kind of the that, that was like the that was like what CrossFit was. It was just raw. It was like you give a fuck what you think and whatever, and here's the data and here it is. This is what's going to make you fit. And if you want to argue it, let's argue it. You know, there's no there's not really much debate on it. You know. So you open the gym, and at what point do you think? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna apply for uh, seminar staff. And, and can you tell us about that journey? Um, yeah. So open the gym 2009. I think I got on seminar staff. I guess that would be 2013 ish, somewhere around there. So um, David had reached out. Dave Castro had reached out to me, and and uh, it, it like invited me to to to. Um, to interview or to, or to try out for the, for the level one staff. And, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know, it sounds cool, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to spend my weekends doing that. And, uh, so, you know, I can't remember exactly how it went, but I didn't take it right away. And he was like, Oh, if you, you know, change your mind, just, just reach out. So I don't think it was too long. Maybe it was probably, probably within a year. Um, it was just something I wanted to do. I didn't need the money. Um, it just, it was just seemed cool. And, it just seemed like something that would be fun and, and to get in there with all these other people that, you know, like, like Boz and Pat and all these other people um, that had been like these OGs that were on the staff. And I was like, man, this would be a really cool thing to be a part of. So, um, um, so yeah, I called him up and, and uh, told him I was interested and went through the, the interview process or the intern process, did that, got on staff, and then um, it was great. I loved it. It was awesome. It was just like, as someone who coaches Monday through Friday, and then to leave Friday, get on a plane, go go teach all all weekend, and then uh, get on a plane Sunday, come home, and go right back to coaching. It was just a lot, and, and like it was cool when I was, you know, when I was single, or at least before we were married. And then once, even once we got married, it was like not that bad because I wasn't doing that many. I'd probably do at the most one to two a month, but it was, I was probably like a, like a once a month or, and then that would probably became like once every month and a half or two months. And then, um, and then once I got, once I had my son, I was like, I, I just can't justify being away on the weekend. Cause I'm gone. That's the, really the main time that I, that, that I see him, you know? Um, but it was super fun. I, I mean, I still miss it to this day and it was really cool to be a part of that. And, uh, like the travel sucked, but once you were there and everyone's all fired up with the level one and they're, they're learning this stuff for the, for the first time, it was definitely, it was definitely fun. And you, you know, you see people that you haven't seen for a while and it was like, you do the, do the summit, the annual summit and see all the other trainers from all over the world that you either hadn't met or you just hadn't seen for years. So that was, that was always fun to be a part of it. It's a special team, huh? Yeah, definitely. Definitely like a lot when- did you ever think you weren't worthy? I mean, it's. It, 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 I, I would think that everyone who's part of that team is like, holy shit! Everywhere you look, these are all world class trainers. And you listen, like you know, I mean, you listen to. 
especially when you're new and you're sitting down and listening to Boz lecture or, or I mean, really any of these guys that have been on the staff for, for a while, you're listening to, to, to Zach Pine. He's draw, drawing all these badass little drawings. And then, you know, you, you work with, uh, with Chuck uh, Carswell for a few times and you're like, fuck, I thought I was knowledgeable. I don't know shit, you know? So it, it kind of like, I mean, every single level one that I taught, I learned a lot just by listening to the lectures. You know, I thought that was, I really enjoyed just, just that part of it, you know, but, um, as I got more comfortable with the lectures and like, and, uh, and just, you know, delivering the content the way they want it to be delivered. It was like, especially after once I was getting into it for a little bit, then I was, then I was feeling more, more confident with what I was doing, you know, or I'd give a lecture and be like, I fucking killed that lecture right there. Hell yeah. That was good. That was like, got all the info in, got people laughing. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, but it's all, it's all relative. Then you start talking to some people that just have this wealth of knowledge and know all the sciencey stuff behind it. You know, I never really was that knowledgeable on that, on that type of stuff. So, but it was always just fascinating to, to learn and listen to, to other people's, you know, versions of, of the same lecture that, that you're giving, you know, the, the, in, in around 2016, Greg gave this uh, mandate to, um, switch the, make sure that not switch, but to emphasize that anyone should take the L one that you don't need to be a CrossFitter. You don't need to have ever done CrossFit. You don't need to be fit. You have to get in there and that that's the operating manual for the human genome. And we worked hard to, 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 and basically it's the inoculation for chronic disease, right? You sure. take this two day course and now you have the tools knowing what to eat, how to move, and you can share it to, you know, keep you out of the hospital. You know, we all know the, the, the number it's, it's everywhere these days, 86% of all healthcare expenditure is in world in the United States is spent on people who've made bad lifestyle decisions. And by that, I mean what they put in their mouth. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. and, uh, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. I think that, I mean, it, it's a perfectly written seminar for everything that you just described. It's a, it's the manual, right? Like, Hey, if you, you don't, you really don't need to learn any more than just this. If you really learn it to, you know, even if you just learn it enough to pass the test, even if you just learn it a little bit, but I mean, obviously people need to learn how to take care of their that themselves, right? Like that should be something it's, it's to be important. So whether it's the CrossFit level one, which is already there, it's already written, it's already been done. Um, or, or something, or if it's just another class that you take, you got history and then your next class is how to take care of yourself or how to eat properly. I mean, it, it, it seems like it would be, I mean, you know, it seems like it would just be a part of, of, of upbringing of just learning. Okay what's the point of school and what's the point of all this? You're trying to educate yourself on where we've been, where we're going and the, all this, how to interact with people and how to become successful. But, you know, part of being successful is learning how to take care of yourself, right? Like you see these like rich guys that, that have very successful in, in business or whatever they're doing, but they got a belly and they're just out of shape and they feel like shit and they can't have sex or dick doesn't work. And like, I mean, I'm like, well, that sucks. Like, how, you know, you got a lot of money, but your quality of life doesn't sound like it's that great, you know? And it's like, if you just work out and, and eat even remotely healthy, you can fix a lot of that. 
I, I, um, I, this is harsh to say, but I mean, I guess I've said it a bunch of times, so it doesn't matter if I say it again, it, it, especially if you have kids. If you have kids and you haven't taken your L1, it's it, there's basically – there's so much in there that you can use to raise your kids. So, for example, you learn how to feed them. You learn how to move. But there's we learn in the L1 that um, through struggle you get adaptation. Sure. And so many parents want to protect their kids, and all they're doing is stealing adaptation from them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I think the hump is to get past – you know, if you don't do CrossFit, that's going to be a hard sale, right? To get someone to go and do their level one, like as much as it's going to benefit them to actually get someone to go and do it. Cause they're, I mean, it's, it's, you know, to get I know some- they're intimidated. They think it's a thousand bucks, all this stuff, but sure. It, it's a myth. It's a myth. It, 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 it's, it's, it's just, um, say that again, the intimidation. Well, just it's okay to be intimidated, but anyone can go there. And after those two days, like 99% of the people, you will leave there. Even if you've never done CrossFit and you still don't want to do it, you'll be like, holy shit. These may have been the two best days of my entire educational fucking life, and it will change your life forever. There'll be stuff you'll learn in there, and you'll share. And if if you have kids and you don't do that, I, I just it's it's mind boggling to it's mind boggling to me once you know that if you have kids you don't go out of your way to do that just so that you can impart that information onto them. Yeah, I mean I think yeah, I mean it's, everyone. it's like teaching your it's like teaching your kids how to swim. You teach your kids how to wash their hands and how to wipe their ass. Sure. I mean but but that but if you but if you eat like shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's just I mean it's the craziest it's the craziest thing that's for sure that's the eating and and i mean everyone's free to make their own decisions right but it, but it's to 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 take care of yourself and do things that are going to make you last long and live and have a good quality life so that you can do all the other shit that that's that's a, that is important right that that should be at the top of your uh, of your importance and then obviously like you said just like washing your hands and and you know having good manners and saying please and thank you you're trying to teach your kids how to, how to be respectable and how to, how to be good citizens and how to take care of themselves. And that it, it, it should be all part of it. You know, I mean, when I was young, my parents never told me how to eat, but they, they were relatively healthy and we didn't have soda and we didn't like, if we went and got fast food, that was like a major treat. You know, we didn't really have shitty cereal or any, like any like majorly crappy food. So that was, and I hated it, but that's just how I was raised. So it, it didn't seem that hard but it's like when you wait when you drink soda your whole life as a kid and then you're you're 40 and you're like hey i need to start drinking some water because i'm having some health problems it's probably pretty hard at that point you, you know so it's like it's worth the effort to to do it and i i work with people all every day and that's what they're trying to do and it's like and in my head it's like man this this is crazy that you're having this hard of a time as something as simple as just drinking water or or, or whatever it is, but it's like, you, you got to start, you got to start from when they're young and it just has to be the norm. It should be the norm. It, it's weird that it's not. Hey, how about half the country? I hate to beat a dead horse, but half the country doesn't even know. So, so my, my parents tried to raise me healthy too, but there was still like, but people didn't know what healthy was. A lot of people just didn't know what healthy was like. So as long as it said non-fat on it, my mom would buy it. You know what I mean? Um, 
thank God I was raised in an Armenian household. So we had a lot of like the original ethnic foods that were healthy for you. But like I would get like non-fat Ritz crackers. I didn't, wasn't allowed to drink Coca-Cola or we would eat cereal if it said healthy on it. You know what I mean? Um, so at least they were on the right track, but there's half the country. Get, get, they made fun of uh, um, that CNN host, uh, uh, Chris Cuomo, even though he's a complete D bag. Um, they made fun of him for working out during COVID. That lady Marjorie Taylor Greene, half the half the country who owned the CrossFit gym, uh, who's who's the right wing lady. Um, they they made fun of her when she said CrossFit's the cure, uh, you know, the hedge against um, COVID. They actually made fun of the people who had the best solution, and so it's like half the country still doesn't know. Yeah, this guy. They were making fun of him because he would post. Vi- I mean, he's it was one of the main anchors on CNN. He got fired for I think touching girls or something, but. <laughs> But um, it's it's like why are we why are we making fun of it's bizarre to make fun of healthy people who are actually helping you uh, prolong and increase the quality of your life. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's a mystery. Uh, I mean, I think you know, it's a, well, it's a defense mechanism, right? Sure. I mean, it seems like the you know, I mean, fit people are by majority the minority right like there's a lot more sure out of shape and unfit and i think what crossfit and and the the diet prescription and the exercise prescription that we're promoting as the solution feels like such an attack on their personal lifestyle that and they're yeah yeah have to deflect it or or just try to you know degrade it or or just pretend like it's not even there and it's like it's very strange it's very weird and uh, yeah it's it'd be great to get to a place where it's like hey if you decide to eat like shit and be overweight and be obese and die from that and that's your decision that's great but you can't pretend like that's not exactly what you're doing you know and don't try to don't try to promote it like like it's the norm that's not it shouldn't be the norm that should be like it's it's weird because i mean it's it's a world thing right but you go to other countries and you you don't see obese people like you do here and you definitely don't see it just just as a normal thing you know so especially the poor especially the poor countries ironically right they're not filled with mcdonald's and starbucks and no i mean you ever go to starbucks um i mean yeah i've i've been there i'd pretty much make coffee at home but yeah and then, and then you're waiting for your your coffee to come out, and there's just fucking forty drinks there that are twenty two hundred calories a pop, venties, and they got the lid on them that holds the whipped cream, and you're just seeing a parade of fucking people pick them up, and you're like, yeah, and you just look at them, and you're like, uh huh, yeah, like they're is- like one eye's looking the wrong way, their kids a hundred pounds overweight, like you just see, oh my god, these people are just on a suicide mission. Sure, yeah, I mean it's uh, people are just oblivious. I don't, th- I don't think people. I don't think people want to learn. I mean, some do, I guess, maybe, and that's where they go seeking. I think they do. I think they're drug addicts, um, Gabe. I think it, they're car- refined carbohydrate addicts. It, I mean, it's definitely an addiction. It's, it's just. I used know. to drink that shit. That shit was hard to break. You get in the habit of drinking a sweet drink. I used to put sugar in my coffee. I can't even believe it, like a lot. But they were the little brown bags, so they were healthy. Right. You remember <laughs> those? Raw sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah, it just, I mean, people at this point, I think, are just kind of, they're just going to follow the the mainstream, and, and uh, it'd be great to see 
it'd be great to see just, just, the, just, just, just be real, just right. Like just put it out there and let people know. And, and it should be something that, like I was saying earlier, should be taught at a young age and it should be, you know, a course in, in school and, and you should be talking about nutrition or at least, at least the very basics of it, at least the very basics to understand how horrible drinking soda is for you. If that's what, if that's what your main go-to drink is right or or any of that stuff really it's like you you should at least un- be able to understand that you know it's like i don't think anyone who's done heroin had any i had any misconception that this is not unhealthy for me right they're probably like who knows I, to me it's like mind-blowing like when do you how do you try heroin for the first time but people are doing it all the time but i don't think they're you know it's like you've been told your whole life like these are bad drugs this is you know look this is what you're going to become you're going to be this bum on the side of the road you're, it's all sucked up and you know it's just laying there looks like he's dead i'm like all right everyone's seen that everyone's been told that their whole lives so whether you know and they still might people are obviously still, still wow that's a great heroin. point yeah you know, i would have tried it when i was 16 and I, or maybe not 16, probably in my 20, early 20s, I would have tried it. And, and, and you're right. There couldn't be any more messaging saying that, it, that there's anything worse than you. And yet people still do it. Yeah. But I mean, at least there's attempts there. At least you're aware of what it is, right? It's like, you know, it's not just like, huh, what's this? It gets you high? Like, I like getting high. Let's try it. Like, you're like, no, it's heroin. Everyone who does heroin is fucked, right? Like, there's no like. Right, know, right. You know, you're not just casually doing heroin on the weekends with your buddies. Like you're, if you know, everyone I know who's done it, they're pretty much, that's what they do. They're, they're in it. Right. They're so, professional while you're coaching. They're looking for their fix. Yeah. Yeah. And Hey, there's a professor at Harvard who, who says it's okay to be a casual heroin user. It's fucking nuts. Really? By the way, that's the same misconception that people think it's okay to give your one and a half year old baby a lick of your ice cream. It is not. Wait till their fucking fifth birthday. Why? Why are Why are you letting them eat ice cream at one and a half and get that first cr- crazy taste? Have you seen these reaction videos of babies who eat ice cream? It's nuts. Uh, yeah. Oh, their eyes fucking pop out of their head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, just hold off, man. Why are you? Pro- they're They're so young and impressionable. Hold off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's crazy. I mean, my my kids don't really get they don't really get much of that shit, anyways, but. And it's kind of like the iPad thing too. When they do get a taste of it, their reaction to it is so crazy that it's like this. This is something different. Like it's it's literally literally like like a drug. You start giving them the like the iPad. We don't give our kids iPads that that much. I mean, we we do here and there, but man, when, when you do, they're like freaking glued to it. Like yeah. crazy. You look, know? look at this guy, Carl Hart. Uh, uh, neuroscience at columbia field uh go to the top i want to read the uh i want to read the headline listen to this guy this heroin using professor wants to change how we think about drugs we have miseducated the public i bet you a thousand bucks he believes in critical race theory holy shit look at this this guy john clark said uh he said why would you waste your substance on it on an interview you have to concentrate and uh, fuck this guy. This is just, I'm sorry I brought him up. Uh, Sevon, that was my childhood. I was 366 pounds by the time I was 18. This guy, John Clark. Wow. Yeah, that's easy. People, people will say that's huge. Who? I mean, who knows, right? Everyone. 
who knows? Maybe you can do heroin once a week and be fine, but I wouldn't suggest that as like a. You could I mean, lie to yourself about it. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems that seems hey. strange. I know they're starting to use it for like treatment on PTSD and stuff like that, and just like microdose insurance and stuff. But I don't know the addictive properties of that stuff either. I I think, and I've and I I think that the, that some of the psychedelics have a lot of uh, like definitely more so than heroin, but a positive. I mean, especially as a alternative to some pharmaceutical, you know. And, and I don't know. Yeah, opiates are a massive problem. Yeah, I know, and it's not addictive, right? And and uh, and uh, you know, I've had a lot of people at the gym that have gone and done these like ayahuasca things, and and. 100% of them have had had a positive experience. They don't want to go do it again. It's not not something they need to do on a regular basis, but the but the, you know, the the breakthrough that they're having mentally from that and where your mind can go and be a little more raw, a little more real with what's going on deep down inside of you. They, they've all had positive stuff to say about it. Do you, do you watch the UFC? Yeah. Do, do you know this guy who popped on the scene? Um he uh Yuri Prochal Prochaska, he beat Glover Teixeira. Uh Remember the light heavyweight fight a couple weeks ago? Glover Teixeira was winning, and then in the fifth round, he lost with like 15 seconds left. He's the guy with the ponytail on the top. He looks like a samurai. Gotcha. gotcha. J-I-R-I, Yuri Prochaska. No, no, no. <laughs> um anyway the other day uh, Gabe he 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 released a a, a video where he talks about how he went into a dark room and just sat there for fucking 3 days and didn't eat anything only had water and for all the people who who do ayahuasca part of me wants to say why don't you try that first you know, yeah. like it, it's, it's still the, um, I still feel, and I'm not hating on them, but it, it still feels like the quick fix. And, and I, and I like the feedback you gave on it. Yeah. The people who've done it have done it once and they had great results. And I know shitloads of people who think they've had great results from it too, but man, it's just spending some alone time, walk out in the walnut orchard. Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger picture there is, is, I mean, Hey, if it helps, it helps, right? And if it doesn't ca- create a, anything that's unhealthy for you, and if it doesn't create any kind of addiction, then you don't lose your job. You still take care of your kids. To, to each their own, right? But I mean, right. I, th- Fair. I think think you know prior to all that, and really the bigger picture stuff is, yeah, you got to have you got to have some some balance in life. And I think people are are so like like this in, in this, like you have to work and you have to do, they have to do all this shit. And it's like, just, just live like a natural human being. Yeah. Like you said, get, get out in nature and, and do, do more primal shit, you know, do, do more things that scare you, get outside your comfort zone and, and, uh, and have some internal growth there, you know? And, uh, and there's a lot of benefit there. I think, you know, I mean, a lot of people like, it's just like the fitness thing They they want to stay in their bubble and there's no growth there. And I think that's where people start to go crazy and they're getting anxiety and they don't know where to look and they don't know what to do. So they're looking for these other solutions and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, this guy out says, uh, or this girl, I'm a high strung individual that likes a little weed and then some weightlifting. Is that bad for me? The, the part that's bad for you is the part where you say I'm a high strung individual. Just drop that part of the story and then you're good to go. Just right. let that part go. <laughs> Yeah. Stop telling yourself that story. Gabe, 
I had a guy on here the other day, Ricard Long, um, which was funny because we had a typo in his name and we had uh, Rock Hard Long. <laughs> and I was really wishing that that was his name, but it was actually because the, the I and the O on the keyboard are right next to each other. Yeah. So when yeah. we we announced him as Rock Hard Long and I was so excited to make fun of him, but his name is Ricard. <laughs> but he's an affiliate owner in Berlin and he was. I don't want to mischaracterize him, but he's basically saying that it's his gym is not a games gym. For games athletes. And if, if anyone goes through your Instagram, um, they can see that you you celebrate a lot of uh, clients who are clearly not games athletes, people who are have just embarked on the journey to change their life. And when you talked about being on seminar staff, uh, one of the highlights you said was seeing people learn that you love seeing like the light bulb go off and people and people like learn new shit. Um, but, but you also have had games athletes come out, you know, Garrett Fisher, Lauren Fisher, yourself is, do you, do you pigeon yourself? God, that gym is huge. Look at that rack. Um, that I've never used that before that way. Look at that rack. That was weird to say it like that. Uh, do you ever, are you, are you a games gym or are you a health gym? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, or is it? Yes. I had the 10 year affiliate thing in Whistler. Uh, I was talking to a couple of Philly or one guy specifically that was saying that, that they like kicked out all their competitive athletes cause they didn't want to whatever. I don't know if it was intimidate, you know, your average person or the older people. And to me, that just seemed insane. And it seemed, uh, it seems seems insane to me too. seems insane to me too. It, it seems, it seems like it's, it's, it'd be, it'd be almost the same as kicking out, the older people are kicking out the bigger people. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why not? You know, like that's what this whole thing is about. We can take someone who's 500 pounds. That's never worked out a day in their life. And they can work out with a person right next to them doing the exact same workout. That's, that's going to make a run at the games this year. And it's going to be tailored to their ability, but the, the way they're going to feel will be similar. They're both going to work hard. They're both going to breathe hard. It's going to be the same time domain. They're doing, you know, they might be doing minor modifications and in, or in movements, um, but the function of the movement, we're pulling or we're squatting or we're pushing or whatever, all that's going to be the same. And like that to me is what CrossFit really is. And when I look at a class of people of 10, 15 people or whatever it is, and you see everything from the guy doing the muscle ups to the lady doing, you know, seated ring rows. And I'm like, okay, well, they're basically they're doing the same workout, you know, it's just tailored to what their ability is. And that's, that's what this whole thing is. That's what I try hard to promote on the, on the page is like, look, you, it doesn't matter if you want to get better. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're already a games competitor and you want to get better, we'll make you better. If never, if you've never lifted a thing in your life, you've never exercised, you have tons of weight to lose. We're going to make you better. And that's, that's what it's all about. And that's what, that's what it is for the individual. It doesn't matter who you are it's no less or more important to the games competitor getting better as it is to the overweight person that's trying to get better you want to improve everyone wants to improve they want to see improvement so this is the program it's it's a one size fits all program we're going to customize it to your ability but you're still doing the program you're still doing the same the same workout what's the key to um retention how do you keep how, how have you been how have you stuck around so long? How do you keep clients? I think it's just you got to go uh, maybe – I mean, one, take care of them. 
right? Like if they just come in and high five and kick ass and leave, like that's fine for some people, but you know, you, you got to talk to people a little bit. Hey, what's, what is your goal specifically? You know, like what is it that you specifically want to accomplish? And as you talk to people, it's mostly the same goal, right? I, I want to lose weight. I want to look good naked. I want to be stronger. I want to, you know, whatever, right? Like, so, okay, we don't need to modify anything you're doing, but maybe we do need to modify something. Maybe someone's frustrated because they, they don't feel like they're progressing. They don't feel like they're ever going to get a ring muscle up or they don't feel like they're losing weight or they don't feel like, you know, whatever it may be. So it's, I think it's kind of just talking to people a little bit and seeing what, what it is they want. And, and, you know, before I, taught 20 person CrossFit classes, I taught people one-on-one, you know, and it was like, it's just you and I, we're going to focus on just you. And I'm going to talk to you about your diet and you're going to bring me your dialogue. And it was like old school. Right. So I try to kind of maintain that, that, that personal touch, I guess, like with, 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 with everyone, you know, and it's like, if they're progressing and they're seeing, if they're not progressing, there's a good chance that they're, they're not going to keep coming. You know, so you want to make sure they're progressing. Well, what is the thing that's holding them back from progressing? It's usually their diet. So talk to them a little bit about their diet. Ask them how that's going. Some people don't want to talk about it, and that's fine too. Hey, we don't have to talk about your diet. If you don't want to lose weight, that's that's on you. Just come. Let's make you healthy. Let's make you let's make you get strong. Let's make you you know build your endurance. And uh, if at some point you want to focus on losing weight, we need to focus on your diet, and we'll help you with that when when it gets to that point. But I think that's a big part of it. And and just like I was saying earlier, just making sure you're not hurting people and crushing people and tailoring it to their ability and all that kind of ties in with the making sure that, that, that they're progressing. If you're beating the shit out of them and they can't move and their backs hurt all the time, like that's not good. You're doing something wrong. Like that. So you need to change the approach a little bit. Um, maybe more specifically there's this saying that people don't quit jobs. They quit people. Right. So when someone quits a job, it's not the job they didn't like. It's the people they didn't like. And even, even Don fall when I, the new CEO of CrossFit, um, when I asked him why he left the Marine Corps, he said it was because the guy that he reported to was an asshole, just a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And, um, I used to like going to cl- I w- what I would do when I was in college is I would go to class and I would find someone that I wanted to meet. It was always a girl. And I didn't care if I ever met them. I used that to um, make sure that I would attend class so that I didn't cut class, especially early classes. Right. OK, I'm going to pick a pretty girl in the class. And I'm just going to kind of fix it on her and make her like part of my world. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I would think the same is like that for the gym. Um, it was the same thing I, I used to, or, you know, when you have a job and you get there and your homeboy, like, like you're like your homeboy Vince, right? Like, don't you like, you come to the gym and you see him there and you're like, yeah, it's like, it, th- there's a culture there. Oh, sure. Do you kind of see what I'm saying? Like you give yourself oh, little definitely. rewards, you know what I'm saying? Like, or yeah. when you drive home and it's a long drive, you purposely drive by, I'll purposely drive by the beach so that it's a reward. I get to stare out at the ocean. Yeah. Do, do yeah, you no. do that? Do you make sure that it's a place you have like rules about the culture or anything? Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Like all, all the other stuff that I was saying, like, obviously if, if you have the greatest form and you coach people perfect, but you come in and, and you're a total dick, people don't want to stick around. Even if you are a great, like you, you're, you are coaching, you're making them move perfectly and you're getting their diet dialed in. But if you're a dick, then, you know, to, I mean, you gotta be a dick to a certain extent. Cause you gotta keep it real with people. But you know, when you're really, 
people when people don't like you that's obviously going to be a problem you know so um but i think yeah creating the create you have to create a community that that's a big part of it people come to the gym because they like the community and you know that that's that's a big reason why a lot of people come you know they showed up for the fitness but they stayed because of the community because they like it they like the other people that come there you know they like the they like the coaches they like the the vibe in there and the music and the you know whatever and the diversity and you know whatever it is but yeah it's like you said earlier you can't uh it's easy to quit a trainer it's hard to commit to to quit a relationship so if you have a relationship with with, with people that's that's a little bit different you know we try to do like we do a couple parties you know annually a christmas party and a pool party and that kind of creates some outside of the gym uh camaraderie and some non-fitness related camaraderie which is which is always fun and people look forward to that which is cool um but yeah it's you gotta it's gotta be fun no matter how effective it is if it's not fun you're not gonna you're not gonna stick with it do you do anything to promote outside do you do anything? Do you run ads or commercials or? Not, not really. Not really. I it's, mean, it's all it's all word of mouth. People bringing their homies in. It's all word of mouth. Yeah. And and how and how often do you get a, a new client? Well, there's new people in there almost every day. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's just. I mean, fitness is hard. I mean, we we have good. Well, you just sorry sorry to interrupt. Will you just if you see someone new? Will you just walk over to them and say hi to them? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we have like a little protocol. Like you're going to come in. We have a front desk girl. She's going to set you up. She'll come out and introduce you to whoever's coaching. But, um, you know. Oh, she does. So so that's like nice. So she doesn't just say, okay, go get in that class. She walks you over there. She'll walk you up and say, hey, this is so-and-so. This is the coach. So, I mean, people are really intimidated to get into a gym. and, and uh, yeah. You know, it seems – you know, I mean, just, and I tell everyone this cause a lot of, especially, especially like, you know, trainers or, or uh front, the, like the front desk people, it's like, you, you're fit and you're comfortable here. And this is, this is your shit. But sometimes when these people come in and they're asking stupid questions at the front desk, like they might've been thinking about coming in here for months, for years. And today was the day that they finally built the courage up to, to actually come in and, and inquire about it. So it's like, you got to get them while they're here. Like you can't be like, okay, well, you know, just, you know, come back on Monday. It's like, no, no, you're here. Let's let, we're going to schedule an appointment. We're going to get you nailed down. We're going to, we're going to get, get to cook them while the oven's hot. Like you're here now. Let's, let's make it happen. So that initial entry. And no one gives a fuck. If, if, if you're at the front desk and your boyfriend cheated on you, like, like no one gives a fuck, bury that shit until you're done with work. Oh yeah. I'll leave you're changing lives here. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's our goal is to change lives, you know, but, but to get to get someone even past that, yeah, it's bring them in and and introduce them and let them know who the coaches are. And if I'm not coaching that class, I'll try to personally go up. And I mean, I want to know everyone's name that trains at my gym, you know. And I don't coach the early early morning classes or the late afternoon classes. So there's definitely people that that you know I'll see and be like, hey, how how long you been coming? Like, oh, I've been coming for a year, and I'm like, fuck, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is, but I, I, I <laughs> that's awesome. I'm walking over and I want to make sure they know who I am and I'm going to give them my cell phone number. Hey, you reach out anytime you got any questions or just make them feel like, you know, I mean, 
We, Dude, we bought- your gym is so big that you could look across the gym and not know if someone's a boy or a girl or they're black and white. And I'm yeah. not even joking. That fucking gym is huge. Yeah. Half the people in there are fucking silhouettes with my eyes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a comment here from Chase Ingram. Hey, Gabe, you remember when you, me, and Dave Castro owned Rich Froning and Sand Football at the L1 Trainer Summit? Good times. I do. I do remember that. And then someone took this like epic like sunset beach that we were like coming out of the water. This like photo. It's pretty funny. It's like a, <laughs> like a Chippendale like, moment. Like a Chippendale moment. Yeah. Like everyone's walking out of the ocean, like the sunsets behind everyone. And like it's it's pretty epic. But yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That was that was a great afternoon. What what was that at? That was across at level one, he was saying? I can't um yeah, L1 Trainer oh, Summit. Probably oh, San Diego, right? Was that San Diego then? San Diego, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was that or if it was like a it was like before or after the game, uh, games year or something like that, but yeah, that's right. That was the first year I was on. Did did was um was the um were the restrictions from 2020 to 2022 that were put on planet Earth were those tough on you? I mean, they're tough on everyone, right? But probably less on me, it seemed, than most people. I don't know. I to me, I just kind of looked at, I just evaluated what I what I felt about it, and I didn't seem that scared or worried. It was just like, well, it sucks. It's just now now there's another reason that you, another way that you can die is really all really all it is. But um, we we didn't close. We closed for six for the initial like six weeks, and then after that, was that scary? Was that scary? That closure six weeks. For sure. Like financially scary. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, obviously we took a hit, but a lot of the members kept their memberships. You know, we, we, we were kind of like, look, obviously we're closed. If you need to cancel your membership, it's all good. But if you can keep your membership and then, you know, later down the road, when we reopen, we'll credit you back this month. That way we're not taking a huge hit all at once. That'd be easy. It'd be better for us. And most people were like, dudes, it's all good. Like, don't even don't, don't worry about it, you know, but, but, you know, after that month and a half, it was just kind of like, this is ridiculous. So we, we opened and it was like, look, if we open and people start getting sick, then we'll close, but we opened and everyone was fine and people got COVID and people were fine, you know? So, um, I mean, obviously it was, it was a crazy and, and, you know, in the world, a lot of people were not fine. So, so who knows, but in our, in our bubble and what we were doing and, and the people that were coming in. And I mean, it's funny because in that whole time, a lot of new people came in, a lot of big people. And, um, we started, I started this, it was called the re, I don't know if you looked on the Instagram, it's called the redirect program. I started that in 2020, like right before, right before COVID. Um, so, but I was like, fuck it. We started, we're, we're doing this, you know? So, and it was basically like, a Hey, I'm going to give three people a free, one year membership to lose a hundred pounds. And if they lose it, I'll give them a f- lifetime membership, um, for free, you know, just to, just to, just, just to do something different and really do something, you know, it's really gratifying to help watch people lose weight and change their lives when through fitness, you know, and it's sometimes weight loss. Sometimes people are like, man, I was suicidal before I came in here and I, then I never even knew it, but now they're five years later. Like I shit, I was suicidal before I came in and, crazy shit like that. Right. So it's pretty gratifying when someone tells you that you had some play in their, in their life pivoting for the better. So 
but it was like, but I'm, these people are paying me to do it, you know? So I was like, I want to do something where it's just like, it's just, just because it's the right thing to do. But obviously you got to run a business, you got to get paid. So it can't be a free show for everyone. But it was like, I want to find three people, one year membership for free. If you quit, you have to pay for the months that you use. If you make it and you lose a hundred pounds, you get a lifetime membership, you know? So we were right in the middle of that. So it was like, fuck it. We're, you know, we're, we're we're doing this and they came and they all they all did it and it was pretty it, it, it was pretty cool but all three of them lost 100 pounds all three yeah all three holy shit dude yeah it was cool and it's it was kind of it was bittersweet because two of them at this point have probably gained it all back that's fine that's fine you got hey man it took me 50 times to quit smoking cigarettes yeah it is quit for a day is. quit for a week quit for a month this, it, it's, it's all you got to make shots at it yeah, they still did it, but the one kid, the one of the kids was uh, 13 uh, when he started, 14 when he finished, and he is a fucking beast, and he's a whole new man, and I caught him early enough in his life to where this is going to, I mean, it's totally changed the direction of his life. Like, he's, you know, he's in the gym every day, just back squat at 225 the other day, you know, wow. and, uh, you know, he's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and, like, this his demeanor, his kind of insecurity, you know, I mean, I, I could barely get him to even talk to me for the first six months. You know, it was very like just, you know, one word responses and yeah, there's West right there. So, yep. Yep. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Dude, he's a whole new kid. Oh um, my goodness. And it's crazy. Cause he, you know, he lost a hundred pounds. Obviously he's, just way more confident and he's got a community and he's got a whole gym behind him and everyone loves him and everyone knows his story and his hard work and everyone saw his struggle. And his mom started too. She lost, I think 50 pounds and she's a fucking beast now too. Um, but, uh, Hey, does this, if you did that for my kid, I would like, I would start crying. Like I would feel like I, I feel like I owe my, the train, the good trainers, my kids have my life already. Dude, I want to cry right now. Yeah, it, it's definitely cool. It's definitely cool to see him in there. And it's how did you get him in there? How do you get how how does an affiliate find? Let's say if other affiliates want to do that. How do you find three people who are hundred pounds overweight who are willing to go on the journey? Just poach them off the out of Starbucks. I mean, like the first one. No, it was like you you got to come to me. I'm not gonna because this is this is gonna be hard, right? You got to lose two pounds a week for for a year. Like that's aggressive. Okay. So you got to find someone who's probably got more like 150 pounds to lose right. and who also really wants to do it. So the first girl just came to the gym and was like ready to sign up, like right when I was about to pitch this program. So she was like, Hey, so I give, you know, pitched it to her. She was like, I'm in, let's do it. What if she would have been yeah. like this, Gabe? I don't got a hundred pounds to lose. What are you talking about, asshole? Well, I would. <laughs> what if she just said that to you? Oh, so. <laughs> I try to like, I try to just keep it real with people without being a total. Yeah. That's where yeah. that, that yeah. to the dick. Cause you just gotta be blunt with people sometimes. Right. Like, Hey, yeah, no, you, you do have You're a professional weight. trainer. You can say anything you want about people's weight. I mean, that is the truth. You should feel comfortable. I would see Greg do that all the time. Yeah. Walk up to some dude who's 400 pounds and be like, Hey dude, I need to get you into my gym. It's like, yeah. Hey, like, sure. Yeah. So, so that, so she was in and then the other two people, I just kind of put it out on Instagram that we were doing like, tryouts for it you know like hey come in tell me your story and like i was getting people but they just weren't 
like the, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're 240 pounds. Like you maybe have a hundred pounds to lose, like getting you down to 140, which is your high school weight. That's going to be tough, you know? And there's like, I mean, everyone deserves a shot, you know, but then his mom, I don't know how, I don't know who put her onto it, but she called me or texted me and we talked and that was like, this is exactly what I want. This kid's young. He's insecure. He's having troubles. He's, you know, he's probably, probably having a tough time at school. He's big, but the biggest thing is he's young, you know? So, um, I've, I, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And, and, uh, I think if I do do it again, I'm going to try to do only high school kids or, or youth, you know, cause they're, it, they haven't been, you know, the other two, I think we're in their twenties. And it's like, it's, it, you know, everyone deserves a shot and you're never too late, but you've, you've already, you've, you're grown. You're like an adult now. Like this is your lifestyle, you know? So it's a lot tougher to change that lifestyle. Whereas at 13, you're barely, you're barely a young person. Like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're barely out of your kid stage. So if you change it now, then by the time you're 20, you've spent just as much time eating healthy as you have eaten like shit as far, as far as you can remember. So right, right. It, your lifestyle change, you know? I can't believe you did that for a 13 year old boy. Yeah. Um, how many is, so he would come to the gym five days a week. Yeah. Five. And his mom and his mom would bring him. Yeah. His, I think his grandparents would bring him. His mom would start to come and she came at the 5am class and then Wes would come to the, the three or 4pm class. Yeah. Wow. She's a badass too for joining her son. Yeah. And she like, I mean, she, I mean, she, she's the one that made it happen, right? Like she was I mean, they together. So she's the one she's obviously feeding him. So she's the one that's, that's, that made it happen. So, so I was giving them the prescription of what to do and how to eat. Um, but she did it. There was no hiccups. He was just on fire right out of the gate and just never missed a beat and just, just cruised right in the other two. There was a lot of like, ups and downs and plateaus and gain a little bit and have a huge loss. And then they, you know, it was all over the place, which was more typical of what I thought it would be. Um, but they both did it. They both did it. So, you know, and so, which is still like, regardless of any weight they've gained back, like you say, at least they know they can do it. They have the recipe. They know what it feels like. And, uh, they both still have the lifetime membership. So we're, we're, we're here to help them the whole time, you know? The the mom and the son had they, had they ever done CrossFit before? I mean, the son definitely not. I don't think the mom had either. Um, imagine what a what a fucking good mom that is. So she brings him in, and he starts his journey. And in the first six months, he basically doesn't say a word. And then now now he's a chatty Kathy. Yeah, I mean, he's still like he's re- reserved type of guy. But I mean, I don't think I ever saw him smile in the first six months. Like you could just tell it was like he felt out of place you know he's a big guy and a lot of stuff was hard for him to move and he was always last on the run and you know it's like but as he started to get a little better and lose some weight started to open up and now it's like he knows everyone there and everybody knows him so you know he comes in he he knows everyone it's like it's it's his spot you know so yeah he 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 has ownership of the gym now yeah I can't believe that's a 13-year-old kid there. Hey, there was this kid in my in my uh, um son's tennis program and he's a he's a big kid. He's 10 years old and he was really big. And when they would if if anyone got in trouble, which they get in trouble, you know, you don't bring your pencil to tennis or you you don't listen or you show up late, the whole team runs line sprints. Sure. And this kid um uh he would always come last in line sprints. 
And then after about a year, he started beating a bunch of the kids, including my kid. And he started leaning out. And I asked his parents, I go, hey, what's up with uh, your, your kid? Uh, he's killing it and he looks so much better. And they just put him in water polo. Just sign, and I was like, "Yeah, of course." Why? Like, I mean, he's he's treading water fucking two hours every day. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just got to move, right? It's yeah. That I mean, there's there's it, it it should be more than that, right? Like you should squat and you should learn and you know balance of fitness and all that's important, but ultimately you need to just move and eat a little bit less, and if that's you know that. That's but if you do put your kid into a fucking aggressive program, like a good CrossFit program, a water polo program, a, a wrestling program, you're going to see change. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I hard think, shit. Yeah. I think everyone should have to play. It should be like, you got to pick what sport you're going to play like in high school. Right. right? Like right. suck at it. It's okay. But get out there and, and do something. Right. It's okay. It's not, right. okay to not be good at it. Not everyone athletic. Right. But it's like, got at least try that's his mom right there so his mom lost mom lost 50 pounds too which was really cool and she she's a freaking beast now yeah she looks great holy cow yeah um uh, uh nate nate diaz um i saw a picture of him in your gym from i don't know six seven eight years ago did you ever see him around town yeah he, he was actually just in the gym uh like a month ago he started coming like the probably the most frequently that I've seen him in there. They came, him and his crew came for, um, yeah. So that was a while back. There's one, if you go on our Instagram on the gym one, we just posted, he just came in, but so that was right after he fought McGregor the first time. And then, uh, and then he just started coming in him and his buddy started coming in just like training crew. Um, like a month ago, they have, uh, one of his buddies has a boxing match. He's fighting, he's fighting on the undercard in the, uh, the Silva, um yeah so the guy that nate's left in the maroon shirt chris uh uh on the that jake paul anderson silver card oh wow the boxing wow yeah um yeah so he wanted to come in good when excuse me when he comes in there do you train do you train them yeah yeah, I mean, usually I'll work out with them if they can come to the time that I work out at because it's just more fun. I, I, I've known Nate since we were since we were really, really young, since like the high school days. Um, so, you know, we, we would hang out back then kind of here and there. And then obviously him and Nate and Nick just took off and, and blew up in the, in the UFC. And then Nate, especially since he got that McGregor fight, obviously. But um, so, but yeah, they've been they've been coming in a little bit and. They like it. It's it's just hard to get them to do something consistent. I don't know that they have much routine. You know, it's just like they're just they they're going by their own by their own routine. You know what I'm saying? So to get them to commit to like, hey, you're gonna come Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or something like that, it just ain't gonna happen. If they're gonna come, they're they're gonna come. But they they like it. They enjoy it. Is it a um? Is it a scene when he comes in? Yeah, that's kind of why. I mean, everyone wants to get a picture and get his autograph or whatever, you know? So that's why I think he likes to come when I work out. Cause there's no classes during that time. It's just a small handful of people. So it's like, it's not a big spectacle. He can just kind of train. Yeah. I, I, I would, I mean, he, he is, he is really blown up. I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost, it's, it's pretty crazy how he did it. He basically just, he, he created it himself. Oh, he did for sure. Yeah. 
He did. I mean, he was fighting a bunch of bullshit fights, and then he then he called out McGregor, and then just you know that whole thing unfolded, and he got got in on the spot, and that was just nuts. And then he beat him, right? And then like pe- people like Nate because he's just, just you know he, he's just he just keeps it real, and pe- people like that, and he's like. He's a shit talker to a certain extent, but, you know, he's not like you listen to McGregor talk. He's quick and he's got all this shit he's saying and it's kind of entertaining. But Nate's just like a straight up street brawler that got really fucking good. And and now that's his profession, you know. And, and he, he, he I wonder if he's done. I don't think he's done. I think I mean. I think he's going to do the, the McGregor three, I think, is going to happen. And then. Uh, you know, I think at this point he's made a lot of money. He's already, you know, he could probably give a shit about a title fight, but it's like, if you put him up, he, he just wants, he probably just wants to do a couple more big fights and get a couple more big paydays, which at this point you can't blame him. No, not at all. I'm really glad he didn't have to fight. Um, Kamzat. I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, it was cool to see him fight Ferguson. I mean, that, yes, that's a, he's a different animal, but, it would have been interesting. I mean, Nate, Nate's got his style, right? And it's like those first couple rounds, he's just kind of, it's like Rocky four. Every time he fights, he's taking the shots, he's getting busted open, you know, but no one can hang with his endurance. It seems like, and, and, uh, you know, if he can get that guy into the third, fourth round and he starts gassing out, he's got the tools to beat anybody, you know, it's right. just, he doesn't have that crazy explosive power. Like a lot of these guys have, but these guys go so explosive in the first couple of rounds. That's what happened to McGregor. That's what happened to McGregor both times he fought him, you know? He goes so explosive in those first rounds, and then they're just shot by the time they get 15, 20 minutes in. And But Kamzat would I – don't, I, I don't think Kamzat's a 171. No, that's 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 small for him. I got to yeah. go grab my phone. I want, I'm going to let you go in one second. I just want to show you one picture. Caleb's going to show you one picture. Yeah. Did you – it, hey, it's a, unfortunately it's a little blurry look out are you on um you're you're on using your cellular service not your wi-fi uh yeah wow what a great picture it's crazy that it's that the connection's that good hey, that's your that's your house yeah that's the that's the backyard that was just the shop i was in right there oh my god your kids are living the dream oh, look yeah. you got a, a little basketball court you got two hoops yeah i freaking love it there's my daughter. I don't think you can see my daughter over there. Hey, sweetheart. Uh, Caleb, I'd pull it up, but since it's a new computer, it's telling me I can't. Not letting me do it either. Okay. Uh, Gabe, thanks, brother, for coming on. Good to catch up. Yeah, Good to hear your affiliate man. stories. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate until, it. Our, until our paths meet again, thanks for everything. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. My pleasure. Easy, easy day. And uh, in, in the redirect program, fucking fantastic. I'm glad we, we got to hear about it. Yeah, no, definitely. Appreciate it, man. Keep fighting the good fight. Of course. Yep, absolutely. We'll see you. Okay, ciao. All right, take care. Yeah, I forget whenever you, you get a new computer and you want to share a screenshot, it says you have to reduce your security settings, and uh, I hadn't done that. Yeah, I haven't done that either, apparently, oh. so... All right. Man, he's cool as shit. Super cool. That was dope. Uh the humility the mom had to change to the humility the mom had to have to change how her son was eating. Man, that's huge. Saved his life. 
There was something in here that Spiegel said about Marjorie Taylor Greene being batshit crazy. And when the uh, – just on a side note, when that information – obviously I have uh, three Jewish sons, and um, when that story came out that she said that uh, Jews were burning forests, shooting lasers out of their eyes in California, I thought, well, that's interesting. Let me look that up. And there's, there is, I couldn't find any truth to that story. I even went to Newsweek. I used all the liberal publications to, to hunt down that story. And basically what it was is there were, there are some experimental satellites that are up in space. I, I think that they might be owned by the Rothschild family and they are, um, they're for, there's some sort of satellites that can um, would be used to push energy around the planet instead of wires or something. I can't remember, but they're experimental satellites. And there were concerns, not by her, that during one of these experiments, one of these satellites misfired and started a forest fire in California. And that got turned to, in, in the Rothschilds are Jewish, and that got turned to her saying that Jews shoot lasers out of their eyes and started a forest fire. That makes so sense. When I, yeah. So when I – it's the same thing when they called Donald Trump racist for saying um, that uh, Mexicans were rapists and killers. He was not saying that. He was saying that the people coming over the border from Mexico are probably not their best people and their finest scientists, but probably more likely people that they've let out of jail that they want to get out of their country, that those that the Mexicans were probably sending. Syria. And these, these twists are um, – it's a shame. It's a shame that people believe them too. So um, – it's just good to just do a little bit of uh no I oh Spiegel hi there you are have you seen her talk about uh, peach tree dish no I don't know what that is but but I do I do like the fact that she was um, so adamant what was interesting is she was so adamant about using fitness to cure COVID or as a hedge against COVID and that and, and I think things have changed but Andrew Weinstein over at CrossFit Inc released basically a press release uh, denouncing her. And this is a guy who, did, who who didn't do CrossFit, has never done CrossFit, who is a um, uh, – if I had to choose what kind of animal he is, I would say a, a malnourished weasel. And he ran PR for CrossFit for a couple years. And uh, it, it's amazing that while someone is talking about um, – I don't care if you're a flat earther. If, if you're saying that CrossFit builds a hedge, uh, let it fly. It's honest. So um, – and, and 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 I appreciate you saying this, Dallas, because I don't want to like Republicans. They got they got their issues. This whole their whole I don't want to get into it. But right now. I, I do want to get into it, but not right now. But um um okay. Well, Avi's so awesome though. I bet he can shoot that. Yeah, well, some Jews can, yes. That is <laughs> that is correct. But they're not gonna start forest fires. No, 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 no. He's he's got the lasers under control. Uh, how about uh, Nobles L1 knockoffs? I, yeah, I, somebody said that, that somebody just found the link for that. Like they use like the L1 trainers link. They didn't actually, they're not actually selling them on the Noble website. Uh, I think both. I think you could, I think that it was supposed to be private. I think that accidentally it became public. And, and, and so that was that. Um, I, I'm, I am no fan of Noble. In the slightest, I think that they are a um, a vile group of people who work over there, 
And I know that they pay the athletes a shitload of money. So the athletes are staying quiet. And I get that. I think that they have, from what I've seen, they're, they're confused bunch of virtue signaling woke people who've just spread hate around the planet in the name of not spreading hate. And they've supported some, some other companies uh, by proxy like Outwad who, who, who in my opinion, uh, are doing things to hurt children. That's as gentle as I can say it. Anyway, that being said, um, CrossFit Inc. owns CrossFit. And with that came all of CrossFit's IP. They, I mean, that that's all CrossFit is. You have to know that. And so they can put whatever they want on the t-shirts, just like you guys. Anyone could be upset if they're not giving attribution, et cetera. Like you, you're, we're all free to think what we want. But at the end of the day, it was sold to CrossFit. I don't think I would... I don't think Noble did any of that stuff without CrossFit's approval. Um, you know, it would it be would it be nice if Noble were to be like, "Hey, we fucked up, and all our policies have just led to more hatred and more violence, and we we were we we, we instead of reducing racism, we've insisted that it survive, and we've nourished it and fed it, including sexism and homophobia and all that stuff that they could realize that that would be awesome." And that we apologize for being so negative towards Greg Glassman and fueling the fire as some outside corporate juggernaut who only gives a fuck about money. Yeah, that'd be cool if they said all that. I agree. And then if they said, hey, and in in response to us making wrong decisions, we're going to sell this shirt and we're going to donate all the profits we make from this shirt we're going to use to give people free L1s or to start or send people to pay for their affiliate fees. Awesome. That would be great. That's not what happened. But at the end of the day, and, and, and so you guys might all be mad who know the whole story and know the truth. I get it. But that being said, they own that shit. Like CrossFit owns all of that stuff. And um, they're trying to figure out a way to get the, the message out to save people's lives and to make money. So that's where we're at. I, I, I don't really have a um, – I, I haven't formed an opinion on it yet. I haven't fallen on in, into a camp. Yeah, I own zero noble gear too. It's, it's first. I just I think everything that they make is horrible. Of course, Rich Froning likes their shirts. He has a fucking impeccable body. But if your body has one tiny flaw, you're fucked. You look like fucking the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> and and their shoes are completely unwearable. I really don't know how anyone wears their shoes. It is it is truly remarkable. Whenever I had to wear them for the like when I worked events, yeah, it's fucking horrible. My feet were just destroyed. My back hurt. It's just shitty. It's almost like that they were prototypes that were like made at a brand new shoemaking plant. Like they hadn't dialed in how to make shoes. Like, okay, oh shit, all these shoes were made of cardboard. Okay, paint them funny colors and then we'll get them out. I mean, <laughs> Rich likes any brand shirts because he never wears. That's a good point. He only wears his own shit. But but uh, it was pretty funny when Rich said they make the worst shoes ever. I have a $50 gift card to Noble and don't know what to use it for. Sell it for 100 Oh, socks. Yeah, socks are cool. I like their joggers. Go fuck yourself. Oh, Hiller, did we decide on a Hiller Fit review? I'm missing you, buddy. I'm so missing you. All right, great show. Crushed it again. I, I don't know if the, this is uh, the shirt from Every Second Counts. Um, 
the movie I made in 2008, the original CrossFit documentary. Can you see my back? Yeah, you got a wide back. Just yeah, yeah. There it is. Nice. Yeah. Now we get the full shot. That's good. That's Pat Barber. Um, I wore that just because uh, Gabe was on the show today. He's old school. No, Bruce, I didn't say I miss you. I didn't. No, no. Oh, you're free tonight. Uh, I'm having Patrick Vellner on tonight. And uh, we're trying to get someone um, to come on at 530 before Patrick, too. No one wants to come on. All right. Well, there it is. Spiegel, 1999. Thanks, guys, for everyone for checking in. Spiegel has ended the show. Uh, Spiegel, they are so tight. Anus crushing. Wow. Of course they are. Of course they are. If you want everyone in the world to see your cock and balls and have your anus crushed, dress like Andrew Hiller. Okay, guys, I'll see you this evening with Pat Vellner. Uh, I, I, I've, I've invited uh, Brian Friend and J.R. Howell to join me, so it should be fun. All right. Bye-bye.